Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, I think, actually, for one of the first times ever, I've properly run out of things to say. Because, I mean, I haven't really, let's let's be honest. But you know what I'm saying. I'm speaking kind of figuratively. Like when people say literally. I've literally run out of things to say. But then carry on talking. That's what I'm doing here. I haven't used the old literally thing though. I don't, I don't do that. Um, Tottenham Hotspur. Drawn. Pegged back by Everton. Absolute thunderbolt from Michael Keane. What is the what is it to say? Honestly, like, what more is it to say about this season, about this group of players, about this system? It's exhausted. All of it. <laughs> there was. Two minutes, genuinely, and I did a tweet. There's two or three minutes at the very start of the game, the very beginning of the game, when it looked like we were playing on the front foot, we were taking the game to Everton, and I thought, this is honestly the first time I've really seen, I guess, maybe the 3-0 at home to Arsenal. But this is one of the first times I've properly seen Tottenham go for it. Handbrake off. Still playing the kind of Conte formation, but definitely be much more proactive in their play. Lasted, <laughs> it literally lasted what? To, let's be generous, seven minutes. And then everybody just <laughs> shrunk back into place. And we were treated to that absolute cluster fuck for the rest of the game um i mean look there's no everton are in a dog fight everton are fighting everton are shit they are awful they were terrible today such a lack of creativity in the side no cutting edge players that look about and th this is a damning thing about tottenham they look similar to us in terms of their players don't seem to be able to do the fundamentals very well. They don't pass the ball about very nicely or crisply whatsoever. But we look like them. We look like them, but we have Harry Kane. And honestly, that's how I see it. And I really, I continue to sort of make this point, but Let's not welcome a world where we don't have Harry Kane in the team anymore. I know there's a lot of kind of self-preservation going on. I think it's part self-preservation and I think it's part delusion. This whole, we will actually be better without Harry Kane. We won't. I'm sorry to break it to you. We won't be. Don't be so stupid 
And I will say that because it's stupid. It's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> so stop saying it. That was awful. I'll be honest, I, I found the whole idea of us keeping Stellini on with Conte going very bizarre. I've kind of resigned myself to it. Um, somebody raised a very good point, maybe on the Athletic podcast, that Ryan Mason's partner um, is due any time uh, in the coming weeks for their second child. So there's maybe some concern that he's going to be out missing for a large part of this closing end of the season, hence why with the various moving pieces going on in the managerial search, that they would want to have some sense of continuity. It was clearly just so poisonous in the tail end of that Conte era. We saw it for ourselves, but also the stories coming out. Harry Kane, even, you know, the one person that we were all worried, oh, if Conte signs his contract, Kane will sign a new contract. When Kane was just asked about it, he, he seemed to not give anything of a fuck he said what was it he said something like this football we move on you know <laughs> I understand he's not going to say I'm actually really livid with the club and I think all my teammates uh, are cowards like he was saying and uh, I want to follow Antonio to Inter Milan but equally you know it wasn't very it wasn't particularly warm um, his sentiments about about the departed Antonio Conte and I don't think we've seen any of the any of the team at all other than Humin Son, ironically, who has been one of the worst players under Antonio Conte. Um give any sort of I don't know, heartfelt goodbye to, to him or any sense of guilt or whatever. I don't know. Um What can we say about that game? I mean, look, it's it's Obviously, really, cold light of day, I want Tottenham to be in the Champions League. I don't want Newcastle to be there yet. It's an inevitability that they're going to be there. It's an inevitability that they'll win the Premier League, maybe win the Champions League at some point. We know that's coming. That's their trajectory now. But at least it took Man City, what, six, seven, eight years or so before they even got into the Champions League. What, Newcastle are going to do it straight away? Do me a favour, man. Come on. But we don't we don't seem to want it. And, you know, I don't even have that same buzz this year about, like, getting into the Champions League. And I think this is indicative of the, the kind of cloud over the club at the moment. A lot of the stuff I was talking about with John Bass the other day... Can't see the direction the club's going in. Uh, look, I want to enjoy football. That's that. The kind of conclusion we reached in the pod the other day was, whatever happens, whoever's in charge of the club, whatever we win or don't win, ultimately, for the 90 minutes that you're there watching your team, you want to enjoy it. right? You want to feel that there's somebody in charge of the club who is happy to be there, who loves the club, who feels as though it's a privilege to be working for the club. Doesn't think he's above it doesn't spend his entire time 
slagging off the the club, the players. And I've been over this one to death, but I don't want to hear. I honestly, I don't want to hear it from this kind of this self-flagellating element of our fan base. Like all day long, there's been this rank kind of. I called it caping for Chelsea. Why wouldn't Nagelsmann join Chelsea? Why wouldn't he? They're great. They're brilliant. They're fuck off, man. Like, I don't, I don't want to sit and listen to you wax lyrical about a despicable football club, a despicable institution like Chelsea Football Club. Get out of my face, man, with that. If that's who you want to support, if that's the sort of team you want to support, go and fucking support them, man. And spend your whole life like slagging off our football club and praising the likes of Chelsea. Do me a favour, man. Like, have some fucking shame. Um, you just want to feel like we've got someone to, to root for. I want somebody that feels like they're our guy, you know? I want Graham Potter now. I would have, I would have happily had Graham Potter before he went to Chelsea. But in that time, he's pied us off apparently in pub in private, saying that you know he thinks he's better than us. His first press conference at Chelsea, he took an opportunity to have a cheap little dig at us, saying that you know, and I get it, he wants to ingratiate himself to those fucking swamp dwellers over there, but. It's just boring. And now, look at it. He's he's not even last. He is their Nuno. He is Chelsea's Nuno. He has the stench of failure all over him now. The failure club cannot hire the failure. We talk about optics now, right? 2023, that's the... I think optics has been going since about 2021, really, hasn't it? Maybe even 2020. Let's say the post-2020 turn of phrases optics right if we're talking about optics the failure club signing the failure is poor we cannot do that so it isn't just some oh I don't want another ex-Chelsea manager even though I think that is a perfectly valid concern what I also don't want is a guy that couldn't even manage a season who is now being dragged publicly that apparently the players are taking the piss out of his name because it sounds like Harry Potter and it sounds it sounds you know what it sounds it sounds very much like when Fabio Capello was England manager and he just had no respect whatsoever. Players like mugging him off to his face and everything. And that that was that was disgraceful. I mean that was just basically largely xenophobia from a pretty toxic group of England players at that time. Shouting postman pat at him and I don't know, doing Italian accents and all this type of shit. But Fabio Capello was a you know he was a he was a decorated manager. He was a you know a legendary manager at the time. Graham Potter is not that, and he couldn't command the respect. Yeah, Graham Potter is a is a maths teacher. He's a secondary school maths teacher, and uh, you know not any secondary school maths teachers listening to this. I'm not digging you out teaching is a noble profession but I think you all know what I mean right come on lads introspect you know what I'm saying you got pens in your top pockets in your shirt pocket yeah all right <laughs>
Say no more. Um, so no Graham Potter. Fuck no Brendan Rodgers. And what I, was, I will happily say on record, I know for a fact that if we brought Brendan Rodgers in, it would be fun for a season and a half. He would have us playing some fun football. It would be like Redknapp Mark too. But when it really mattered, it would fall to fucking pieces as it has done at every single club he's managed at that hasn't been Celtic or hasn't been Swansea where he got poached from. He got poached from when he was kind of riding the wave there, right? But it catastrophically fell to pieces at Liverpool, catastrophically fell to pieces at Leicester. And it's funny, like two of my direct colleagues that I work with day in, day out, one's a Leicester fan and one's a Liverpool fan, and in our little like work chat today, they were having a good old laugh about the fact that Brendan Rodgers would be coming to Tottenham. And they everyone agreed, a mix of supporters, but those two in particular, that that would be the perfect narrative, right? The kind of the biggest banter manager to the biggest banter club. You just imagine it. Imagine it. You know, you know where this goes. The Brent memes, all of it, all of it. It's, I mean, I've been doing it myself for years about David Brent. It, uh, about David Brent, about Brendan Rodgers. It's... Oh, what are we supposed to do here, you know? Honestly. But that's... Uh, yeah, that's a... Not a great start for Stellini. Um, his kind of tenure as Tottenham manager. So, Bizarre substitutions. I mean, again, Lucas Moura over Dan Juma. I don't, I just don't get it. I don't get what we're doing with Dan Juma. I don't understand it. Alfie Devine on the bench. Look, just fucking chuck him in. Honestly, fucking chuck him in. The kid, by all accounts, is hungry. He is desperate to play first team football. He ain't going to be a rabbit in the headlights. He scored a, he scored on his debut, yes, all right, albeit against Marine. But he was he was tw- <laughs> he was twelve years old. So you know he's just he's he's ballsy, you can tell he is. All the noise that comes out of the club is that he is desperate to play and we keep holding him back. Why? He's nineteen now. Just get him in get him fucking involved. To dare is to fucking do. What is it with this fucking weak-willed shit that we see from this club all the time? To dare is to do. Like, that's one of the founding kind of principles. It's something we we plaster over all the tat that we pedal, that we all lap up. And you see nothing of that from this club. Nothing of it. Also timid, also cowardly. Even like like with our managerial appointments, Conte, Mourinho, sort of fucking lily livered, lily livered. That's a is that an that's an Americanism, isn't it? Apologize, like I'm a bit worried now. I've said that it's something homophobic or something. So I don't mean it that way. I just mean cowardly, basically. Um, you should probably stay away from old expressions, shouldn't you? Because they're all rooted in some form of bigotry. So. Apologies, but um, oh dear God, 
Just be brave, you know? Why not give... Uh, no, I, I was going to say, why not give character? I don't want to... You know, I, I'll, 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 I'll happily say, right, folks, I don't want company. I get why there's some allure there, but there was an allure for Gerard and there's an allure for Lampard, you know? See how that turned out. It's just... Let him keep doing his thing at Burnley. He's obviously doing a good job there. But as was pointed out to me by Phil, friend of the show, seven of his first team, seven of his starters, are loaned from Premier League clubs or thereabouts. Or so, I don't know, something like that. Just, uh, no, nah, come on. But let's be brave. Let's, let's bring in somebody that isn't just in the shadow of Chelsea. It's not just plays conservative. Oh, they they did all right at Chelsea. Or they got a tune out. Well, it is just Chelsea, isn't it? You know? Nagelsmann's going to Chelsea. We know that. Like, we don't need to lose sleep over that. We know, like, we all know that's happening, right? Anybody that doesn't think that's happening, please tweet me or something dm me tell me why on earth you don't think that's going to happen just get fucking pochettino back man <laughs> like why are we overcomplicate like at this point in time right if we don't feel that there's a perfect candidate you know if if there isn't somebody that all of the board can agree on if nagelsman is hesitant if he's waiting for chelsea if deserby is Still kind of happy at Brighton. He wants to see how far he can take that one. If Brennan Rodgers is just seen to be too damaged goods or whatever. If Graham Potter, the same, wants to take some time out of the game. We don't want Enrique. Come on, come on. We don't want another manager on their way down. We can't be doing that. Zidane, can you, like, honestly, can you see Zidane working at Tottenham? No. If we bring in Zidane or Enrique, it shows you that the people running this club have learnt nothing from the past few years. And it's just been so dull. I know we've had COVID in between. But it's just been so miserable. It's been such a... We've had, we've had some moments. We've had the Arsenal game. We've had beating Chelsea a couple of weeks ago, which was good, but I mean, come on. So, let's just get Pochettino back. Like I say, why are we overcomplicating this? He's ours. And this, this is now or never territory, right? His football is likely still relevant. I'm sure there are some nuances, nuance differences. But I can't, I can't see it being hugely different from what it is that Arteta's doing at the moment. That has Arsenal top of the top of the league. There's that perfect blend of kind of vibes and just front foot football, you know. Just getting back. Just do it. It just makes sense. The away end was singing his magic, you know, for 
what, 70 plus minutes of that game today? Look. The fan base has been patient with the transfer windows in the past with building the stadium. You knocked down White Hart Lane. You built this new ground. Fine. It's taking some getting used to. But for all this shit, for, and what really pissed me off, right, what really annoyed me about Conte is, and I, I can't stand, I really cannot stand this, again, this self-flagellation from a lot of Spurs fans. What Conte said was right. Oh, he was given the home truth. No, he fucking wasn't, man. He was fucking disrespectful to the club. He was disrespectful to the fans. He was disrespectful to the hierarchy of the club. Everything. I don't, I, I'm losing faith in Enoch and Daniel Levy. But there's a difference between losing faith because we support this club and we love it and you coming in with an air of entitlement and thinking that the club should completely bend to your will and any minor kind of part where they don't entirely thinks gives you the the free reign to speak and constantly act the way he did throughout his entire tenure and we use all this kind of low expectations bullshit to excuse it oh he's italian it's just what they're like fuck off man come on like guy was a disgrace i'm sorry the guy was a total fucking disgrace i'm so happy he's gone i'm so glad he's gone and I don't want anyone like that again through our door. I just don't. I don't want any. It's fucking miserable. I don't want to have to sit and listen to somebody tell me that our club can't achieve things, that we can't dream, that our fans are impatient. Our fans are fucking impatient, man. Fuck off. Like, actually, fuck off. You are having a hissy fit after Burnley away. I know he's gone, and I'm, but I'm still having a rant about him. He's having a hissy fit after Burnley away. So he didn't get all the players he needed in a in a transfer window. It's, come on, man! Like, but my point is with with Levy turning the eye onto him. We have been patient. We've bought into your vision. Whether we agree or not on the stadium and whatever, you, a lot of us still miss the old one. A lot of people are embracing the new one, but I think. Really deep down, everybody embrace the idea. We're going to try and move the club forwards. All right, Pochettino's gone. Let's go with Mourinho. Let's give it a go. Let's get behind Nuno Espirito Santo. Let's give it a go. Time and time and time again, like always, the the kind of excuses that how can we be, how can we be expected to keep up with the likes of Manchester City and Chelsea. It's very difficult. It's a very difficult kind of, you know, landscape to football now. It's always that. There's always that kind of tacit acceptance throughout all of his kind of communications and everything like that. I'm just tired of it, man. Tired of it. And so just give us this one thing. Don't overcomplicate this. Give us Pochettino. Just do it for now. Two-year contract. If it's two-year contract, three-year contract, whatever. Just give him a contract, and let's just let's just see this one. Let's put it to bed. It'll either end gloriously, 
or we can finally say that's it close the chapter goodbye Maurizio it's been a lovely time we have some very fond memories but there's still this lingering feeling of unfinished business with him will always lead to this but now is the time if we're going to do it to do it just come on right Tottenham versus Everton let's do some of these players there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hugo Lloris, um, probably shouldn't be a surprise inclusion back in goal, but appalling, appalling all game. Distribution awful, the kind of dilly-dallying around his box, trying to play it out short because he's too hesitant to lump it up the pitch. Not authoritative, authoritative when claiming crosses, none of it. A typical of this year now, Lloris Horror Show. Look, I've got a lot of respect for Hugo, a club captain. He's been a loyal servant to the club for a long time. But he is done now. He's done. He's just not at the level. He is done to the degree whereby we look worse with him in the team than Fraser Forster, who is a slightly above average Premier League goalkeeper. That probably doesn't mean to say, I'd say he's an above average Premier League goalkeeper. To be fair, Fraser Forster. He's an international goalkeeper. But let's be honest. He ain't that good, right? Cuti uh, Romero. Decent today, I thought. Um, yeah. I mean... Everton didn't create fucking anything, though. Everton have got no cutting edge. Like, they're awful. So really, Dyer and Romero would lump in the same that they were all right. But, you know, actually, Dyer was... I thought Dyer was shocking today, actually. I take that back. I thought Romero was all right. Dyer's clearances constantly were shocking. Um just doesn't think, just panics, gets the ball and just lumps it anywhere out of the box. Nah. Long lay, terrible. Heard this week that we are going to give Barcelona 12 million for him. Just, why? 
Um, Pedro Porra, disappointing today. Disappointing performance from him. Few chances for him to put in a decent ball. He didn't do it. Often hitting the first man, often playing the ball backwards. I heard he had a shocker um, in the international break that he got hauled off at half-time against Scotland. Maybe that's sort of spinning his nut a bit. But I thought he was... I thought he's pants today. Um, pants. That's a good, like, 90s term, isn't it? For any Americans listening, that's underpants. It was like a weird... Yeah, it was like a weird turn of phrase that you could kind of... Instead of saying something was shit on kids' TV or, you know, family-friendly television, people would say, that's pants. Um... I'd I'd say it's really I think it came to prominence in the nineties, right? Please, please do correct me on the etymology of of pants as a slur. Um keen wordsmiths. But as far as I, I took it, I think it really came to sort of prominence in popular culture in the nineties. And it's a very twee naff expression, but you know, here I am using it. Um Oliver Skip, appalling today. Soz, Skippy, love you, mate, but nah, awful. Pierre Mahoybier, get him out of the club, honestly. I don't I don't think he's... I do think he's quite terrible, to be honest, but I'm fully back at this place now. But my biggest issue with him is that because he runs around a lot, he's a manager's dream in some respects. And I think there's always going to be that temptation, whoever the manager is, to play him because of Viking reasons. But he's just... Maybe if we play a three again in midfield. Maybe if we play a three again in midfield. And he's not constantly swamped. We'll see better from him. But I would rather be watching Oliver Skip. And Saar play. Skip and Saar. You know? I want to see the two of them play together. I like I like their partnership. I don't like watching Hoybier play. I don't like watching his failure to transition the ball constantly. His pass his passes back. His passes backwards. Always. Even Perisic. Apparently he wants to go to Inter Milan if Antonio Conte goes there this summer. Can he go sooner than the summer? Hopefully. Dejan Kulisevsky, um Yeah, the season needs to end for for him. Um, he's not fit. He is just not quick off his mark at all. He is just hesitant. There's there's an air of hesitancy to to all of his play to everything that he does. It's not the sharp, dynamic, cutting edge kind of player that he was last year, and it's a real shame because I thought oh, he had a proper superstar. And we, I I'm not writing him off. I'm not writing him off. I'm not that fickle. We we may still have a superstar on our hands, and I think we should. But he needs to get fit. He needs a break. Huminson. Do players at 31 years of age have an entire season that's bad? 
and it's not them coming to the end of the peak of their powers. That's really unclean way of saying that. Basically, a player of his age, how much longer do we call it bad form for? And how soon is it that we can just accept the fact? As I've basically been saying since about Christmas, maybe slightly before the World Cup, that the player we have now can still be very effective, can still be very useful if we start to use him differently. His most effective performances this year have been when he's been coming off the bench. 70th minute onwards. Come on. It's painful. You know, it is painful. I get it. We've all seen what Sonny's done in the past. We know he's an incredible human being. I would have loved for him to score today as well, given the sort of abuse he was getting, the fact his grandfather has very recently passed away. I wanted that for him. But he just... He just... He's just not sharp like he used to be. He just isn't. He's just not sharp, you know. Harry Kane took his penalty well. I had a really horrible and strong feeling that he was going to miss that penalty. Um, real disgrace of him to headbutt Decore's hand. Um, yeah, really, really disgraceful from Kane that I really agree with large swathes of the commentary on that. Embarrassing from Kane actually um to headbutt to headbutt his hand in a way that it made it look like decore was also like gouging at his eyes really really disgraceful from him that um but good goal um as per usual you know he was dropping back he was trying his best to make stuff happen but you know just wasn't happening for for him or for us today um, he's going to ask to leave in summer isn't he he's going to ask to leave we've apparently been offered the port from Man City I wonder if they're putting back on the table another offer for Kane there's a lot of talk about Haaland going to Real Madrid I'm just interested I'm, I'm interested to know um I know a lot of people like to do the Uimard posturing. I don't care what happens to Kane after he leaves Tottenham, but I'd like if he's going to leave Tottenham, I'd like to see him win something. You know, as long as it's not at the expense of us, as long as we're not in a title race with City and they win it, yeah, of course, right. I always want Tottenham to do it, but if we are much the same as we are this year, next year, and Kane's at City and going to win the title, good on him. So I'd rather see him there than be a big signing for Manchester United, be held up as the man to bring the glory days back to Manchester United, which, yeah, they're showing some signs, big signs of improvement under Ten Hag. But let's be honest, no club that isn't a bit of a clown car loses 7-0 in a season, especially to how, especially to the Liverpool of this year, right? Manchester United would be a misstep for Harry Kane and I don't want to see him go there. We don't need to talk about this. Um, the only other real talking point is Lucas coming on, getting sent off. But what the fuck Dan Juma does in uh, does in training, I have no idea. But he's obviously not well liked. 
<laughs> to not get on the uh, to not get on the pitch. Um, but that's that. A couple of things. Um, if you weren't aware, recently launched a couple of weeks ago, a brand new podcast with me old mucker Ben Haynes. It's called BYOB. Bring your own blockbuster. It's a look down memory lane as we watch kind of films that everybody knows and loves and we go over them with a kind of a, a, a critical 2023 eye, shall we say. Um, it's, but I mean, it's not. that sounds really cynical. It makes it sound like it's a really mean-spirited pod. It's a trip down memory lane. It's a bit of a nostalgia fest. We talk about all the things that we liked about the film, contextualise it with you know what society was like at that point when it came out we've done one so we've done one on mrs doubtfire so far and our second episode just came out today on whiplash there's a youtube element to this so you can watch the show on youtube or you can listen to an extended version on you know all your favorite podcast platforms um where there's there's more chat about films on in the cinema as well at this point in time and just general waffle between me and Ben. But uh, please do check it out. BYOB, bring your own blockbuster. Um, have a listen to it. I, I, I'm, you know, I mean, this is my podcast so I can plug whatever I want on here. But I'm also doing it because, you know, many of you have reached out to me before and said, I would like to listen to you talk more about films and that sort of thing. And so here we are. For anybody that was interested in that, we've gone and done it. Um, it's a really fun project to do, though. Project. Fucking punts. It's a fun podcast. I enjoy talking about films. Um, probably more in my comfort zone talking about films than I am football. So if you like this and you like films, then why not check out BYOB? Bring your own blockbuster on YouTube, and on your favourite podcast platform of choice. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening today. Thanks for everybody that is still supporting the Buy Me A Coffee website. Um, if any, You can message me, please. I will ask on here. I am going to set up a Patreon-type thing next year, but as I'm not based in the US of A, I've heard that Patreon isn't the best option for creatives. Um... So if anybody can give me any tips on stuff that's got decent functionality that everybody can use that isn't going to basically take 20% of whatever I earn, um, I think the going rate is generally about 5%, which seems fair, um, then please let me know and I will get on to starting that up for, I guess, the summer and for next season. A few different ideas thrown around as to what I'll do, but... This won't go behind a paywall and the normal Rule the Roost podcast will not go behind a paywall. So don't worry about that. I'm not going to deprive you of this. But uh, I'm going to go to bed now. Nighty night. <laughs>